Welcome to Converge Coffee with Sean Sullivan. I'm here with Anne Sieg. She is a coach, author, and online business mentor. She is the founder of e-commerce business school. Um, put in the e, especially in there for the e-commerce. And um, you gave me your background, and we can get, we'll go more to in, in our questions here. But what? First of all, thanks for being on the show. And great to be here. And um, your bio, you know, is impressive in the sense of how you've helped you learn from a pivot um you know about 13 years ago to to now and we can talk more about that especially in today's times 2020 and covid but um you know kind of the first you know question of kind of going through some stuff especially with e-commerce success and everything is i think a lot of people would be asking if they looked at your profile they're like you know what are your first steps and creating your online empire? What are those first, like the first steps are the hardest. What would usually those be for, you know, people that you've noticed in your own career, helping others? Hmm, Wow, that's a big question. So I've been online for coming up on 16 years. You know, zooming out kind of, you know, because I see e-commerce as a subset that's online. So uh, as I zoom out from all my personal experience, because I've, I've built sales funnels. That's my main deal is I build the sales funnels, do the marketing, et cetera. Uh, in, as I have zoomed out relative to being online is if you know how to generate traffic, you're golden. Um, because if you have traffic, and of course not what follows on the heels of that is conversions, but you can do that as an affiliate marketer. But I say that all in the context of I shifted into e-commerce with my training company seven years ago. And I love having success for my students. And what made e-commerce so much easier is you don't have to have a sales funnel. It's already done for you. And that's specifically with Amazon using that as a launch pad towards moving into the whole online experience. Because otherwise, in the bigger context, you're going to need to know what sales funnels are. And you're going to have to know conversions. And I'm just going to say, that's a high-level skill set. Interesting. So... In the sense of understanding funnels and conversions as a high-level skill set, what are kind of the um, kind of the detailed um, skill sets that people need? Even if it could be technical, it can be soft. You know, what are kind of the things you're seeing in e-commerce like right now that you're like, man, I mean, I wish people would talk about this more, even though everybody's like trying to switch to e-commerce. What kind of do you want to tell them about that? Of like, and I, and I, I hit it on the head, like with the customer experience. That is first and foremost, the biggest thing, but, you know, kind of, if you kind of were some skill sets and the, and the details within that, or what should be people looking for if they are going to start an e-commerce business? Okay. Yeah. Because in the, you don't have to worry about this, this traffic part that I talked about, but that was at a very high level for me, myself as an online marketer. If you, if you can generate traffic and you understand the conversion process, you can just about go anywhere. Um, relative to e-commerce, you can just about set that concern on the shelf because the traffic is there through Amazon. So I feel very strongly in terms of putting people in a position where they are most likely to have success quickly because success breeds success. Whereas if you go to the far extreme of starting someone in the deeper end of the pool with Shopify, well, welcome to the world of sales and conversions, because that's what you're going to need on Shopify. So I think it's really important that people understand the e-commerce marketing continuum. 
So you can liken it to a pool. There's a short end, you know, the, the um, waiting pool, and then there's the deep end. And to an unsuspecting, call it naive, um, person who's maybe coming online for the first time, they don't have what's called a point of context and reference to know where where is the more riskier business model versus a safer business model and one that would lead to greater success. And so that's why I often have this conversation is, why not put people in a place where you can get into the greatest likelihood of success? So we've taught every method up through Shopify. So here's what we found. By starting people at the easiest point, which is it's called arbitrage. And arbitrage, is just, it's you're a product flipper. You know, you look at the real estate industry, you flip houses, albeit it's a much longer point of sale and a lot of work in between. With arbitrage, it's a very quick turn. And that's what we're looking for is to turn the dollar quickly so you can feel that success, you get profit. So we teach this through our three pillars of e-commerce success, which is to generate cash flow, automate systems, and build assets. So those are the three pillars of e-commerce success. So cash flow is king. And so we do that with the arbitrage method. And so what that looks like, you can even just, you can start with your phone, with the Amazon seller app, download it. You can go to a store, scan the products, flip and sell them on for a profit on Amazon. And you can get those flipped around if you're doing your numbers right. A 50% turn rate in one month is not unheard of. And at a 30 to 50% profit rate as well. And those can turn very, very quickly. So what that does for you is it mitigates a whole level of risk converse to if you go straight into Shopify, there's just so many other things you have to know relative to marketing prowess. Do you have a, a good message to market match? Do you have a product that's not oversaturated? There's so much study in there to really get it right. With arbitrage, all those problems go away because you're only selling what is already proven and selling right then and there. It's real time. And so it's it's a total win-win situation. So that's where we start people, but we do it in a different scope. Um, and that is like you could say, well, that's a method and Shopify is a method. It's really then the mindset is we teach people to be the CEO from day one. And what that means is you're going to set up a team. You're going to set up a team so you're not caught in the grind, but immediately you're put into the situation where you're understanding you're putting in systems and teams to do the work for you. So that's how we approach starting people in the e-commerce space. I know that was a long answer. I hope that wasn't too bewildering. No, and would have answered the questions of what are the three pillars of you know e-commerce success, but we can go in a little bit deeper where you've mentioned um, within those pillars, um, and, and, it, and you you spoke about you know the arbitrage and the barrier and the product flipper very easily because then you understand how that kind of works. It's almost like a day trader. Yeah. You almost become a day trader and then become an yeah. investor and becoming an investor, you know, then you know more of the ins and outs, but you want to start out. Um, for, you don't want to go too deep because then you become too overwhelmed. Exactly. And so I think more so you've kind of met, you mentioned the message uh, of how people, um, you know, and, and that's kind of the biggest thing that I want to kind of know is I think the listeners want to know is how do you message your business to resonate with your customers 
in the sense that you're talking about Amazon you know, sellers and, and arbitrage, and then that's kind of the first step, as well as the other steps. You know, we were kind of you're kind of talking about that with generating cash flow, automate flows, and then build assets. How do you resonate your message to build that customer experience in each okay. of those sections? Does that make? Yeah, it does. It makes perfect, yeah. yeah, perfect sense. So you're speaking relative to me as the marketer messaging what I do in the marketplace. So we're primarily on YouTube right now, YouTube ads. We've done plenty of Facebook, but Facebook was like riding a fucking Bronco of late. Um, it has been, but anyways, um, the messaging one is to make a distinction of um, B2C and B2B. It makes a really big distinction. Um, I'm just going to say it. I mean, I've worked, I've, had a lot of subscribers over the years is obviously the success is much higher when you are speaking to a business owner. So our personal, our languaging is that uh, because they're, they tend to have a higher success rate because they understand what it means to work for oneself. Albeit we get a plenty of people who are not, who are, you know, they're the first time entrepreneur, but they don't have that bigger frame and context of going to work for yourself every morning. They're used to someone telling them what to do. So our messaging, I'm just going to say at a higher level is on that order that we do message to business owners, but by default, we get none. So B to C. Um, we also, our messaging is very, very clear about what they can expect from our outcome. It's, it's spelled out very clearly in our, our marketing. We show examples of the method of what arbitrage looks like, and we give, you know, show that. And then also, and we actually in our YouTube, um, our VSL, uh, we don't have the um, three pillars we don't mention there, but it is our most widely watched content piece in our content expansion marketing is the three pillars because it's like it gives a frame to the whole essence of having a business that people are never taught. Uh, and they go, oh, well, that makes sense. Generate cash flow and, and, and yeah, automate systems. That makes sense and build assets. So it kind of, and in actuality, those three pillars fit any business, you know, it doesn't matter what it is, but for someone who's not done a business, they go, that's enlightening. Um, and then we make it very, very clear to them that we have set up a system for them to get this set up in a 90 day sprint. So my message, and this is just in marketing, the more you can quantify in the context of time, the more the human brain goes, oh, oh, so in 90 days, I can have this and this, you know, so it's a very dialed in tight marketing message. And it's, it's going extremely well, because it's very dialed in and tight. I like that. And the way that you described it too, of where the messaging is coming from, the methods, I think, but more so, um, how do you, my biggest question out of that is how do you combat, you know, where you give quantity in the sense of time, like 90 days, we're going to build this. Sometimes something's going to happen. COVID yes. happened. Yeah. Um, and so how do you, because I mean, that's kind of with anything as you know, if you have a contractor working on your house or someone who is a doctor where you're, you're waiting and you're like, Hey, my appointment is at nine and it's like nine Oh five, nine ten. that I feel like, you know, you have to put in that level of you, you give a darn um, part of that to making sure that it's not only done on, if it hopefully can be done on time, but done the right way, even if it's a few days late, how do you, um, how do you talk about that to clients? 
That's a very, very good question. Um, we just had a meeting this morning with my trainers and coaches. Um, to be clear, this is not a done for you offer. It's a, mm. it's a done with you. Yeah, it's not a done for you. It's a done with you. And as we see people move through this timeline, we have extreme, um, you know, we have so much help and support. We have a 10-day accountability boot camp. And I was just in the last session of that one as they rotate. I always come in on day 10. We have the uh, our peak mentoring once a week call. And then we have three additional small group support calls during the week. But here's what it always comes down to is, as anyone knows who is a mentor, is getting the people to actually take the steps. <laughs> So we uh, documented all in a spreadsheet, everything. It's all documented. They see it all. We're going to be setting up a badge system, you know, which is kind of gamifying the whole concept of growing and building a business. It takes, um, you know, it, it's a tremendous challenge to get adults to, and it never is perfect. You don't have them all completing and getting through it. What I see is probably their biggest hang up is a, for especially the non-business owners, is a lack of confidence in themselves to take on tasks in their newfound business that uh, they don't have any um, previous context or a scope of, is this, a, is this doable for me? So, for example, one of them is they've got to hire a VA. Oh, golf, wait a minute, that's someone across the other side of the world. Um, oh, golf, I've never hired someone in my life. So there's dealing with these um, challenges of, that are more to do with their level of um, confidence in approaching a brand new skill set. And for an entrepreneur, business owner, be like, yeah, I've done hiring, you know, and they just think in that context of offsetting work. So in terms of the messaging for that is, oh, and they get one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions as well, is what they really buy into is the handholding, which we have. But then it still will always come down to them ultimately doing the work. So we do all sorts of rewards along the way. And it's it's parallel to, I mean, we're called the e-commerce business school. The university system, statistically, by the third week in university systems, those classrooms are stat. It's it's way below 30% that even show up for university level. Hmm. So um, this whole thing of getting people to consume education, not only consume it, but to execute it. That's That's my space that I live in, is consumption and execution. And uh, the great intrigue of trying to optimize that for the numbers. I don't know if I answered that, but I'm, what I am saying is it's you not. Did. <laughs> it, 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 it actually hit on really well in the sense of how you're guiding them, taking the steps, but they have to, they have to do the work. They yeah. have to put in the effort. Um, yeah. You're teaching them, but then you're also seeing the success of engaging them on a step-by-step -step process. What you see when you mention universities, the drop-off is because they're teaching one too many rather than one, almost one-to-one -one in a sense, but still in, you're doing one-to-many, but they're making it feel like it's a one-to-one -one, and you're motivating them in that way of understanding the, yeah, where they're, they're not confident or they don't know and they're unsure. I think that's a big thing is they're unsure. Yes. And if they're unsure about something, it takes a little bit more time to, to reassure. And it's just a mental yeah. block that they have. that They're just yeah. like, Hey, I don't, I don't know. But then sometimes if you're open, they're like, yeah, we're open to these steps and you've done the success. Um, 
which that's why I'm not going to grill you on any more questions. But I think that's an interesting thing to kind of segue into is kind of an offline background. I know you do e-commerce and a lot of online things with YouTube and, and all your social media channels. But the, my question is, is have what have you like run into from a, especially from a customer experience standpoint? Um, you can you can talk about you know aggregately or in, in an individual basis of you know some of the, the students or business owners um, who have gone through this program and, and kind of what you have seen you know even before you know during or right now you know for for COVID of, of kind of the changes. Um, and, and how do you have you pivoted anything in the sense of consumption versus execution? Um, and kind of articulated that to to the community. You know, actually, COVID. Well, at an internal team level, nothing changed. We're digital. We're all the way from here to Italy to the Philippines. So it's like there's no new world for us. For our members, it was a hallelujah moment because Amazon grew by 28% in Q1, their March report, and or end of March. And so I've heard it was compressed five years ago, compressed down into one. So COVID was an accelerator in terms of the viability of the whole Amazon third-party seller platform model, was a crushing overwhelm and demand from consumers shifting into online space. So that was, I've now deemed it or called or dubbed it, I should say, the Amazon lucky bucket. Um, in terms of the members, what's changed is we do live events, like eyeball to eyeball. So, so our last one was in Dallas in January, and we really pride ourselves on our live events. We've been doing them for 10 years. We've done trips to China, et cetera. And um, come COVID, it was like, hmm, okay. So we did our virtual um, workshop in June, and it was really kind of unreal. I was like, oh, this isn't going to come anywhere near close to the feeling of you get to mastermind at the bar afterwards and, you know, all those kind of things that happen with a live workshop. But it actually proved to be an absolutely stellar experience. So it was, of course, Zoom rooms. And then what happened is, oh, they were hanging around and they were starting to mastermind as the, the community of students. So we as a collective, we always do a post-mortem or debrief afterwards. We were all, as a staff, very pleasantly surprised that members did really, really well in that Zoom environment. And perhaps, too, see, we're not having to acclimate to Zoom. This is like breathing. So our students all get acclimated into this environment. It's like we're not having to transition online. We are online. But it just went beautifully well because we're, we really look for the bonding and connecting of students with each other as part of the value proposition in our community. In fact, when I interview, that's a top of the list is a community of like-minded people. You're right. Um, <laughs> sorry, I was on mute there. I was trying to take some notes and mute because a little clicky and, and typing of the keys and that kind of stuff. No, I completely agree. And I think that's awesome of the first mission being community of like-minded people. Um, I think I've talked about that um, with several people in the last week or so about that, that even more so that you want to be, I mean, we as humans gravitate towards connection, gravitate towards community and proximity has become, used to be extremely important. And now we're trying to substitute like you said, from live events to webinar, how do you substitute that feeling of being around people? How do you, how, and it's, 
I don't know if it can be done, but it can close to being done. Um, but that's that knowledge. And I think it's the, the people that, that step up and say, hey, you know, let's help one another. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. absolutely applaud that. That's, and it, But it came down to the mission statement. It came down to you interviewing the right people to bring them in. Um, so that's pretty, that's pretty cool. So, and enough about, um, the e-commerce business school and everything and more about you. Uh, this is kind of the episode we kind of go and talk about, you know, who is the woman behind, you know, the e-commerce business school, um, that that helps out. And so my first question is, you know, what gets you up in the morning to do what you do? Like what excites you to, to work? You know, I have to say, uh, so this whole thing about community is I'm really not wired for solopreneurship. I'm wired to have a team. I was a sports coach for 12 years. I raised a family of three sons. I had homeschooled for 12 years. I like, um, I'm a social learner. Uh, you know, when they say, are you a auditory visual? I'm a social learner. And so I, I love my corporate team. Or I call it the mutual brain trust that, and my people stick with me a long time. My first online mentor, we've been 16 years together now, is um, it's like a surreal feeling when you know people so well, and when you get to, you, you do a powwow and a marketing funnel and you just, boom, 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 yep, gotcha. And it moves so fast because we know each other so well. And when we discuss this, it's like there's this, um, this brain trust that hooks up, that it's it's very exhilarating. It's fun. It's like, yeah, no, no. I remember three years ago we did, remember how that worked? And we remember how that converted? And, you know, these kind of conversations that I, I feel badly for people don't get to experience that feeling of that this tight camaraderie around a shared goal. So that's at the corporate level. Then that then comes into the community where I try to infuse that same essence into the community. So they have a mastermind group, for example, and um, and that that leadership of these principles, the the shared mutual brain trust, and like in our community in our group, it's a very go giver attitude, give and you know give back, or this kind of thing is uh, very strong and prominent because we can win together. And kind of the cool thing of it is there. There's not a saturation issue with Amazon. So it's not like someone is, hey, don't steal my cheese, you know. So it's, um, for me, the exhilaration of working with a team of people where it's just fun to make it work. And it's not done by myself. It's done with a team. And then my community gets the benefit. And so as I extrapolate out into the community, is that my goal is to strengthen the family economy. Um, just like me going online, strengthened my family economy. All three of my sons have worked in my business. And when I see people, we are, you're a physician. She's got five of her family members working her e-commerce business with her. And I like it that I can send out into the culture empowered entrepreneurs with strongly family faces because they have a, they are becoming their own economic powerhouse internal in their own household, which has happened to me. And I love that. So um, I feel like that's my citizen contribution is that, you know? I, I absolutely love that. Um, I kind of believe in the same thing where it's um, – I was just talking to another guest about Daniel Pink's motivation or called Driven. And the number one thing that a lot of companies don't get right in today's world because they're still on the previous motivations of a reward system – 
Mm. Um, like mon- monetary is the autonomy. Um, and that's how adolescent has built to the point where they did was because they gave them the freedom of the autonomy to develop when they wanted, where they wanted, as long as the work got done. And then they um, either talking about them, Google, and a few other companies yeah. where they would give them 15 to 20% of their time to work on another project. Right. And that's when you see all the great innovation. Gmail was built out of that. They were mentioning all these things that were mm. built out of it wow. just from the other people's 20% of the time of opening their mind of just not the work and needs to get done. But what's the intrinsic value of, I love to do what I do. How can I help bring this to the next level um, and contribute that back into the Google community? So I was like, oh man, like when you mentioned that, and and I love the quote of the the saying, the strengthen the family economy and you're strengthening the households, which is really awesome because um, I've just seen multiple times where where people hire their their relatives or friends or something like that. And sometimes, you know, the ones that are the wise business decisions, like business makers who've been there for a while, know how to separate those conversations with family right. and professional. But how do you strengthen the whole, you know, you know, the zero, the, not the zero sum game, but everybody makes a benefit out of it. And yeah. so it makes a happier household, too. <laughs> That's right. It does. And to think that it came from the work of their own hands and remove that dependency factor on, you know, working for someone else. I'm not opposed to that. I have a staff that works for me and with me, I should say, more with me. Uh, I always tell people, I'm not, I never hired to fill a position. I'm hiring to fill a vision. And so. I like that. Yeah. And talent does not trump all. And and it's more character is the first and culture fit. But um, I just, it's a worthy contribution to empower people to, call it be able to fend for themselves economically you just you just rate that you just take that person to such a different level that they with their own work of their hands can run their own ship within their home from home you know that's a beautiful thing that i think it's just crazy awesome so enough about work what do you do as for a hobby and then what do you do health-wise to kind of recharge um, because we can't all, we're not robots. We can't all work a hundred. We're not the energizer bunny. We can't all go all the time, but you know, what, what, what do you, what other things do you do, um, to kind of help you recharge? Well, you're called Converge Coffee. So here's the deal. I have two cups every morning. That's there you go. part yep. of my deal. And I don't drink caffeine. My heart gets crazy with caffeine, but I just love my morning coffee it's mm-hmm. my comfort thing, and it gets me in the right mood, you know, and it's got to take two, not just one. Um, but uh, so my background is sports, and so I love to bike. I love to hike. I've now fallen in love with kayaking. Going to the gym is like getting high for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, this year we have to make appointments now and all this and that. And I was there the other day, and within like 15 minutes, I felt so good. I'm like, man. Why is it? I feel so good. <laughs> um, well, I'm in the gym one and then it's social. There's people there. But um, so I really, really love physical activity. And here I've been relegated to this whole computer chair thingy for 15 years. It's been, but I love to get in the physical fitness. So like this afternoon, my husband and I will go out biking um, in terms of now, the whole, um, my work ethic is kind of, it's ridiculous. So I have to um, put in measures, <laughs> you know. So for me, a real treat is like a weekend away mm-hmm. with my husband. And so we were just planning a fall 
road trip to defrag because, um, you know, as a CEO, you think that a super high level and then I do the marketing. And so marketing is a very, very focused, intense activity. Um, but it's really, for me, it's getting outdoors, fresh air. Um, my husband is a huge foodie for great healthy foods. So I'm kind of spoiled that way. I don't eat junk food. We have only really great quality food. But I, I think most of all, it's um, my fitness regimen. And I also have a quiet time every morning where I can just have that quiet reflection time. I like that. That is and I've noticed that more and more, even with this year, even before leading into this year, about people talking about um, success isn't instant. It's a lot of consistencies that you build in for yourself and a lot of healthy consistencies. Yes. Um, so, and it was such a pleasure, you know, learning about the e-commerce business school, uh, the three pillars, um, your in-depth knowledge with everything of how to make others successful and, and sharing about your stories. Um you know, about, you know, how things have changed with COVID, um, with yourself, with your company, with your clients and with live events to webinars. That was, that was very interesting because a lot of people kind of talk about it, but they don't, they kind of mention it, but they don't really talk about it of kind of the outcomes or what you kind of see. And, and just talking about you, like, you know, what makes Ann tick? Like how, you know, how can I be successful? Like, Ann, um, if they, if they have pulled something from out of this, uh, I think would be really great. The three pillars and some really great in e-commerce insights, as well as about you of like, oh, maybe I should be working out more uh, mm-hmm. than drinking a third cup of coffee or <laughs> something like that. So, Anne, I, I really great appreciate you being on this episode. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. 